everyone, and welcome back to Magical Mystical Journeys. I am Katie Valentine, your resident Christian minister and New Testament scholar, and I'm, of course, joined here, as always, by the wonderful Amy and Andrea, and I'll let them, of course, introduce themselves. Amy, why don't you go first? Yeah. Hi, I'm Amy Renee. I'm a practitioner of shamanic arts. And I'm Andrea St. Amand. I'm an evidential psychic medium. Awesome. So the three of us are here to guide you on a journey. And as always, we'll have a lot of fun. We're going to answer some questions and talk about yet another ascended angelic being today. But before we get there, we want to talk about anything that may have happened in the past week. And we last week we talked about Mother Mary. And so sometimes throughout the week, Mother Mary and then the guests for today will show up in interesting ways. So anything cool happen? What's what's your week's been like? <laughs> so I'm gonna share because I totally feel like this is totally in alignment with Mother Mary and what we spoke of last week a little bit. And we spoke of, you know, being a mother, sometimes our kids do things that like unexpected. Well, my son decided to break his foot. <laughs> so he is having surgery today. And so just honoring that motherhood and just nurturing and also honoring the process of, of life and how it shows up for us. And um, I also had some other synchronicities, which I um, are kind of interesting. I don't know how they completely tie into it just yet, but I'm just going to go with the flow. So tarot has shown up in my life like big time. And I've never like really been attracted or like felt the calling to learn how to read tarot or anything. I've had Oracle cards show up in my life and that just, it felt simple, you know, doing poker for 15 years of my life. It was like, Oh, I was like in training <laughs> to learn how to read spirit cards. And so now I'm just like, it's like, okay, spirit, apparently now it's time to uh, jump on that tarot train and see what this is all about. So. Yeah. That's interesting because tarot's come back into my life too recently. I used to read Ooh. in college and then went just got right away from cards and went straight psychic and mediumship and it's just now come back as a fun as something fun. But Amy, that seems like a no-brainer to me. You with your numbers and I don't right, know. Right, yeah, was, geometry and and geometry. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> math. You're doing math like in every career. Right. Right. Well, for me this week, and it's interesting that we're doing Mother Mary and Michael like right back to back because that's how I experienced them before we did this podcast. That's how they came into my life. It was like, boom. So that's kind of cool. But honestly, once we decided to do Michael, it was like all of my attention this week was like, Ooh. Michael. So I guess I gave away the punchline. We're doing Michael. <laughs> Drum roll right now. Yeah. But I did want to just follow up with something that Amy said about her son having foot surgery because there's that moment of, you know, you can't go back with him. You're having to trust him and let him go off mm. into the surgical unit. And we talked on some of that about what that would have been like for Mother Mary, letting her son go away or letting her son go off into this new venture. And there's a place for that, even when you're not a mom with a child of that trusting and letting go of your baby, whatever that baby is, you know? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I was, I didn't have anything super specific. Um, just been kind of riding, riding the train of all these beings who we, that we've been present with. And so nothing like no dramatic anything or um, particular synchronicities, just like a nice presence. 
mm-hmm. all week for Mother Mary. And then, yes, I think it was yesterday I started feeling the the Michael presence, which is a big presence. Mm-hmm. And so sounds like we're ready to get into the show and talk about Michael and into the episode. All right. Well, as we are getting into the episode and we are talking about Michael today, we want to remind everyone that we do have an email address and you can write us with any experiences that you're having because we would love to know about them. You may even get featured on the air if uh, we can squeeze in a story or two and uh, questions, any questions that you have. We love questions. And so that email address is magicalmysticaljourneys at gmail.com. And we do have a few questions that have come in in a variety of ways that we thought would be fun just to kick off this section with some general questions. So we have two for today. And the first one is on angel numbers. And so I love this. It's just angel numbers. What are your thoughts? It never yeah. dawned on me to have number numbers to me have specific meanings. Um, but I've never, I never felt like a number associated with an angel. I have felt colors. Okay. But Amy, you like right away was like, oh yeah, there's these this angel. Yeah. Like, what's that about? Okay, so it's kind of cool because this is actually how my spiritual journey started. Like, I became aware. Like, I was looking at the clock every so often, and every time I would look at the clock, it'd be like one one one, two two two, three three three, one two three four. You know, just different ones. So in the beginning of the magical mystical journeys, you know, as I'm just kind of gathering the information of what feels good to share about the connection with Archangel Sandalphon and Metatron. So with Sand, it feels important to also share that each of us might have a slightly different experience. So you might have different numbers that show up for you in connection with some of these beings. So what came through for Sandalphon for me was 333. And then Metatron, I actually had two that came through. So 1111 is one of them. And then 444 also showed up for me. And so as I was filling into uh, exploring Michael, I remembered a time in my life that there was like just this deep emotion, you know, and it was like this the sadness that was present for me. And I was kind of crying. And then I walked through my kitchen and on the kitchen stove, it said one, one, one. And in that moment, it was just like this reminder of, I'm not alone. I have these like Mm. beings with me. And I just like, I kind of started laughing of like, yeah, like, why am I taking life so seriously? And like, to me, that one, 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 really, I feel like it just gave me this strength and this like, this peace. So to me, that brings up Archangel Michael. Archangel Michael is also known as 22 and 33. And there's also some other ones there too. So love to, I'm curious about our listeners if they've had certain numbers that just really fill in connection with Archangel Michael too. Or any beings. Yeah, true. Yeah, absolutely. This is more general, just about numbers and angels. Yeah. I've never associated numbers with angels. What about you, Katie? Not really. Um, angel numbers I've worked with as a as a very kind of modern, fun spiritual technology. So like ones as being, you know, watch your thoughts or make sure mm. they're in high vibration and sevens angels are cheering for you. But I <laughs> like I totally agree with Amy. They're completely individual. So like I'll give those to my clients and people that I work with as a baseline. But I'm like, you gotta see if they actually work, work for you, but I'm not associated them with particular angels. So that's that's fascinating. So I'm curious. Yeah. All 
All right. So angel numbers. So the question was your thoughts. So those are our thoughts. Those are our thoughts. Go for it, listener. Have some fun with the angel numbers. Okay. So the second one is, do we have an angel that's assigned to us when we are born? Well, I'll give my philosophy on this, which is just my philosophy. Of course, I don't have access to the ultimate truth, but it's my philosophy. I feel like yes and no. (laughs) I feel like... um, typical lawyer answer, right? Well, it depends. No, but I feel like there's some part of us before we incarnate that we're inviting, we pick our team. Mm-hmm. You know, we pick our, and we might know right, right from the get-go, we're going to need this particular energy with us. And so I feel like to the extent they're assigned, it's not being, it's not being assigned like, here's your first grade school teacher. Here's your second grade school teacher. I feel like we're pulling them in, like we're the ones mm-hmm. picking them. And then it seems like as we go on through life, certain beings may come into our awareness because we're ready to either access that part of ourselves or get help, you know, use that being as a guide to get us to whatever we're needing help with, or to just really own that own part of our own soul. What what do you all think though? I agree 100% with you. So for me, what's come into my life and my awareness is I do feel like there's certain guides or angels that have been with me at certain points in my life. Maybe some of them there the entire time. And I also feel that at times it shifts. So, you know, maybe there's a period in my life where I just have like a couple angels or beings like hanging out with me. And then there's other times that maybe I have like 12 of them. So it just, (laughs) it just kind of depends. How about you, Katie? I'm sorry. Are those times, Amy, when, when you have 12 that you like are really <laughs> needing a, a big team? Or is that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel it's those times when you know, maybe I'm going through some deep stuff in my life or building something big or, you know, working with a lot of people because, you know, when we're working with a lot of people, sometimes there's a lot of energies that we're, we're working with. So, yeah, who knows? <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, so I'm, yeah, I'm pretty much of the same philosophy. And so this is, you know, this is something that we know from experience, from anecdotes, from gifted people who can really, you know, really deal in this particular realm. And I agree. I don't think we have just one. We have many, like the spirit is abundant. And so we're not, we're not limited to only one angel. Yeah. And I believe that this is, we're all, we're probably all talking about this before we come into the earth. Who's going to, who's going to do what this time around? <laughs> this time around. And so those angels are here for us. And I was just reminded of the, you know, I prayed the guardian angel prayer in Catholic school growing up Mm. and I hadn't read it in years. So I just Googled it to make sure I got the words correct, but a guardian angel or angel of God, my guardian dear to whom God's love commits me here ever this day be at my side to light and guard rule and guide. Amen. That's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. I must've prayed that, you know, hundreds of times, thousands of times. That's so perfect up. for children too. Yeah. You know? I mean, well, all of us, but Katie, maybe you're going to answer this because we're just sort of generally answering this about angels. Is there a place that that comes from in Christianity, that concept that we're assigned an angel or is that more of a modern idea? I, I might have to look, do a little research and get back to back on that. I think it might, I think there might be a verse in the um so everyone get ready for your uh, little mini historical lesson in the part of the bible that catholics call the deuterocanon so it's part of the catholic bible 
Protestants call it the Apocrypha. It's not part of the Protestant Bible. But that's where we see a lot about angels. And so that's, they tend to be more important in the um, Catholic denomination and the Catholic tradition because of that, because they're drawing from the wisdom of those books, whereas Protestants don't. So I think there might be a little verse in there, but I'll have to, I did double check. Remind me, everyone remind me and I'll, (laughs) I will do some research because I'm curious, but there's no like story or or, like instruction, like God assigns an angel, an angel to you. So we get to have more fun than that, which is good. So yeah. So I love those questions. And okay, so we've done some questions. Let's let's just start talking about Michael. And so Andrew is going to guide Ooh. us in an opening invo meditations experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah to bring let's in all in, energy. Let's invoke Michael. Yes. Let's all just like take a deep breath. But I actually feel like this suddenly I'm I'm getting so excited. I don't feel mm-hmm. like it's whoo, let him in. I feel like whoo, yeah. he's here, it's, like swooping acknowledging in. Acknowledging what is. Yes. So acknowledge the powerful presence that is uh, it just literally suddenly swooping in. So <laughs> there he is. We've invoked him. <laughs> mm-hmm. If anybody Literally. feels like they need to just shake off the day, like, or shake off whatever you came into this with, now would be a great time. But yeah, let's just, let's, let's go. It's like a lightning cool. rod. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. I'm going to fire some questions to start us off and just get the, get this ball rolling. Amy, what's up with 22 and 33 and Michael? That's a good question. Just so I can't give a clear answer on that. That's just some of what's come into my awareness today. I don't know exactly why the 22 and 33 are associated with them. I know that my personal experience, the 111, like it just a reminder, the strength that that came into into my life at that moment in time. So that's kind of exploration. Sometimes we don't know, we just experience it. Cool. So when you see 22s and 33s, that's your cue? Yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. Or one, one, one. Or, oh, nice. You got ones, twos, and threes. I like it. So what, let me just ask something. Amy, so what do you do? Like what, if you see like a 22, do you just say like, oh, hello, Michael? Like, is it kind of just a hello or is it putting your attention like, oh, maybe I need to think about something? Right. So for me, a big part of my journey has been like whenever I see those numbers, I just became mindful of what my thoughts were or my experience Mm. were in that moment. It felt like there might be a meaningful connection or just a reminder of, hey, we're here for you. Cool. Well, Andrew, you mentioned colors earlier. Do you have a Michael color? I do. There are two actually, and I dressed for him. For those of you who can see us today, or for those of you who can't, black and white. I see him as both. I see him as this tremendously large vision. And some people, you know, put white wings on angels. And I've also always seen him in beautiful, like, you know, the black of like the black swan, you know, just gorgeous, big, huge black wings as well. So I feel like black and white. And I unknowingly dress for Michael. Like I'm wearing black and white too, but that was, (laughs) that was unconscious. I also feel like blue, but it's a separate color of blue than Mother Mary. And to me, that's almost like truth, like that sort of truth. And Amy showed up in that exact shade of blue today. Mm-hmm. I sure did. And <laughs> it's funny. So I did have some synchronicities too around Michael. And as I was reflecting, so he showed up before our last, you know, recording that we did when we did Mother Mary, like the pink ray was there. And I was gifted this 
picture of Archangel Michael. And after, you know, after we got disconnected, you know, after we were complete with our last episode, I was like, why did Michael come through this time? Like, why, why Michael? Why is Michael part of this first episode? And what came through is the blue ray. So here's Mother Mary with a pink ray, and Michael's the blue ray, and there's a trifle flame that, you know, they speak of that are that flame in our heart, right? Mm. So there's the blue, there's the pink, there's the golden. And for me, the pink is this love. And then for the blue, Michael, in relation with this, is this like the strength. I feel this like this sense of strength, like I'm just tall and I've got this and I can stand strong. And the golden is like this, this trust, mm. this just this divine wisdom. And it's interesting because Jesus almost comes up for me in relation with that. So mm -hmm. that's one of the synchronicities that Michael brought up for me of like, oh, this is connected to this. I agree with you there. There, like that's the I feel like there's a connection there with Christ too. Yeah, yeah it's just it's right there. It's real close for me as well between mm -hmm. Mary, Michael, and then Jesus. Yeah. Well, and Michael is called a prince a lot in oh. in scripture as well. So that might be some of the connection. And it's oh. like really important in the book of Revelation. So we'll <laughs> we'll talk about it in a little bit. But so it seems that's like cool. we're all having experiences of Michael as being a really big presence. You know, we experienced that at the very beginning of the kind of this conversation. And um, certainly in for me, and just in preparation yesterday and today, and the preparation being mostly unconscious, like walking around my house and being being like, Oh, yeah, that I need to check it out. There's that presence. But I was in yoga yesterday, and it's all online right now. And it's like an hour and 15 minute long class. And after 30 minutes, I kind of got this, you've had enough now. And so I, I was like, well, this is beauty of doing yoga at home. I can just stop whenever I need to. And so I just stopped doing yoga and like went to my, went to my little chair to do some meditation and journaling. And I just, I was like, this was kind of Michael guided the oh, whole thing cool. and just it allowed myself lots of time for integration and just, but a really big presence, not scary, mm -hmm. but that kind of do this, do this now. I've got your, I know I have your best interest at heart. <laughs> Just do that, this now. That's been interesting because he's been a guide to me that way too. But I, I got to say, I didn't know you were allowed to walk out of a yoga class, even if it's at home. Like, so, wow. Permission. <laughs> Grant yourself permission. <laughs> and then that, that's Michael's energy of saying, okay, it's time to do something else now. Yeah. Cutting that. Wow. And I put together a new desk earlier this week and I'm sitting at it now. And it's like, it's glorious, y'all. It's totally glorious. I have this like L-shaped. I have all this room now. It's wonderful. And so there were little um, styrofoam stuff, you know, like all the, the stuff that broke away that was all over the floor, but it's been there for two days. And about 30 minutes before we got on this to record, I was like, I've got to vacuum. And I didn't feel the impulse to vacuum yesterday, the day before. So I'm vacuuming and I thought, oh yeah, like there's, I, I have this meditation where Michael's associated with a vacuum cleaner, like sucking up all of the, the stuff that you don't need anymore yeah. in your life. So I was like, oh yeah, that was Michael encouraging me to be domestic cool. <laughs> today. And so yeah, what are your experiences with Michael? What's what does that energy and that presence feel like so listeners can get ready? Yeah. So like I was saying earlier in connection with the trifold flame, there's this like just this this strength, this like this knowing that I am safe. I am protected. 
and like I've got this and yeah that's that's what comes up for me you know I have I have one big story with Michael that I'm actually going to save till a little bit later in the episode. But for me, that word guardian, and he is considered to be that guardian, has been really strong. But he's also been a guide, but that strong guide. And Katie, you were mentioning that when you're like, oh, I need to stop doing this now, turn my head and go do that. But he's been that for me, I think, in major 90 degree shifts in my mm. life. Like, so it's really been like time to cut away the old and point your head in that other direction. And I feel like that's strong guide, but then also because of that guardian that I feel like I'm okay going into that new realm. And then the other thing I feel very strongly with, with him, which shocked me is um, we've talked a little bit about energy healing in here and learning Reiki and mother Mary came in for me during my first Reiki workshop. And then when I went in for what's called a Reiki level two, Michael showed up and I was like, well, why would Michael be in healing. That's Mother Mary's domain, as if, you know, there's only space for one. You tried to limit him. I did. I tried to limit myself. <laughs> I tried to like protect Mother Mary. I'm like, you're stepping on her turf. What are you doing here, dude? Like you're big and she's all healing and love and I don't know what you're doing here. But for me, what it's ended up being is that she's the healer. She does bring in all that love that we talked about, but he's then the one that takes all the gunk away. He's the one that is like, hand me all that crap that you don't need anymore, that's no longer serving you, I can handle it. Dump it on me. I'm going to be your cleaning lady. Right? <laughs> divine vacuum cleaner. Divine vacuum cleaner. <laughs> so now I envision, like, I have a place for him in my house. You know, I always place these beings around. And I'm in a loft-like setting right now, so we have a very high window. And he's kind of up there. And so I'll feel him just sucking everything up out of that window, which is so powerful. That's cool. I, one of my early experiences consciously with Michael, I was getting energy work done. This must have been in like 2012, 2013, I want to say. And I have a wonderful, wonderful spiritual worker who also does massage therapy. And so she was working on my feet. And I, I mean, we weren't talking or anything. It was towards the end of the session. And I felt this intense energy on my right hip. I mean, like, mm. I mean, like kind of crazy, like, just, I, I don't know what it was, like something, but it was tingling. It was like doing all this stuff. And so after about a minute or two, I was like, I don't know what you just did. Like, cause she was not near my right hip at all. I was like, I don't know what you just did, but like something happened at my right hip and whatever it is, is gone. And she, she laughed and she said, yeah, there was some like gunk there and I couldn't, I couldn't get it to go away with her own through body work or through energy work. She was like, I asked Michael to come in with his sword and to clear that away for you. And he did. So that was the way you felt. That is so so cool. Yeah. So that was pretty amazing. But you know, it's, this is not a being that I work consciously with on a regular basis, like really at all. So I'm a little bit of a guinea pig today. Like I've experienced the energy, but I don't Mm -hmm. do regular I don't have regular conversations. Maybe I, I will. I've had to. I've had to with, with energy healing because when I first started doing it, you know, I'm, I'm so empathic that I was taking on all the stuff. So I was thinking, oh, energy healing, we're going to just let, you know, whatever oh, happened. Yeah. And then the same thing happening in readings. I was taking on all of my clients' stuff. So they felt great at the end. But, that, you know, so somebody had to come in and like get rid of it. So right. I've had to start consciously setting that intention even before reading. Like Michael's going to help release all the grief, any resentment, any anger, any confusion, like whatever it is, it's ready to go because Andrea can't do that. <laughs> 
So empaths, be uh, be aware, be aware. Use him. This is a great tool. <laughs> Use him with reckless abandon. Yeah. He can take it. That's what he's there for. So it's funny because, so you mentioned, Katie, the experience that you had with your, your hips, I think is what you said it was. Mm-hmm. Right hip. Well, so I, this week I did uh, like a meditative thing, a meditation of, I want to experience a felt sense, Michael, you know, because that's mm. something I haven't really done before. And a- Andrea, you have shared your experiences of what it feels like to you. And I felt it in my feet, in my legs, very like almost like this armor was on my legs and my feet this time. And I'm putting, you know, connecting the dots right now. I'm like, you know what? This is the first episode that I haven't felt like shaky or like that scared uh, energy. Like I, ooh. I feel good within this. And then there's one more thing that came up for me too. Andrea, here you are talking about, you know, working with him. He's cutting away the stuff. So as a shamanic practitioner, I do what's called a limpia with people. So I'm like clearing the energies. Well, sometimes I'm guided to use like an obsidian, like it's not a knife knife, but it is like, like as would be like a sword or shape, you know, something kind of on the sharper end. And sometimes I'm guided to work with that to clear the energies. And Michael gave me a strong, this is when I'm with you. This is when you're working with that tool that is me with you clearing that away. And that was just like, cool. Cool. Yes. Cool. Well, and a lot of people use that, the image of the sword of Michael, because he is a warrior. We see this a lot of warrior imagery with him in scripture and throughout art. So if everyone just wants to go, like you can go to Wikipedia and type in Michael in art and a whole page comes up. We'll show you, but often with that sword. And so I'm curious if that, so does that sword imagery resonate with you, Amy? Or nine four. It does. It does now. Mm-hmm. But before I really didn't. I mean, I've heard like cutting away, like cutting cords and stuff like that. But yeah, so absolutely, it does now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you, Andrea? Yeah, I told. I love that imagery, and for some reason, that's not scary energy. For some reason, because yeah. normally I don't like that warrior fighting or mm-hmm. like, Ooh, um, I want everybody to be peaceful and get along, no conflict. But for some reason, it's really comforting, and it makes me feel really safe and very powerful, very empowered. And I think that sword can be that sort of anything, that sort of saying no, that sort of truth, that Ooh. sort of Ooh. setting a boundary, you know, and having help with that. It's also to me that what, I mean, conflict in our life is inevitable, right? And so I feel like if we could call in that energy to like speak in concise words, if we're going into a situation that might be difficult, that might be, have some conflict in there, that, you know, we can be that warrior, which doesn't necessarily mean fighting. It could just be that warrior of, of truth and wisdom. Yeah. And those, whenever I do yoga, the warrior poses are not easy, but really powerful mm. poses to do because they're cultivating that inner, inner mm. resilience, that inner strength. And so, mm. yeah, I like that sort of imagery for that. And sometimes, like I said, I don't do a lot of visualizations with Michael, but anytime I'm using, I do with the sword imagery for cord cutting though. So maybe I have been working with Michael and just didn't know it for like know, years, yeah. but <laughs> it can be a literal sword that you envision or sort of light or sort of crystal or it can be made out of whatever you know, mm-hmm. works, works for you as well. And so cool. Or you can put armor on your legs. Like yeah. Amy was given and you could just like 
take off down the road. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I love it. Well, Michael is mentioned in the Bible quite a few times, but, and I'm gonna, I'll talk about that in a little bit. But interestingly, he's the only figure in this particular series that we're doing to kickstart Magical Mystical Journeys that's not corporeal. Like we don't associate Michael with being incarnated like we did with uh, Sandalphon and Metatron and then Mary Magdalene, of course, Mother Mary, of course. And then this, we don't have a story about Michael being like a human at all. And so I'm kind of curious, does this make a difference in the way that we experience them? Do you experience this energy being different than the incarnated energy that we've been exploring to date. I think for me, and I didn't realize this till I was thinking about this for today, that I do always associate him with wings. And <laughs> obviously angels may or may not have wings, they're beings, I don't know. But it helps us humans, I guess, get this concept that they can fly and do things humans can't do. But I've always associated him with wings and he's always appeared like that. And I love it. I think they're, they're huge. They're like larger than he is. And there's something that is very, something that's powerful and divine, otherworldly about that. But it's interesting. And maybe because I've had a relationship with him longer, I actually feel more of the subtle, of, of all of the dynamics of him, more so than Sandalphon or Metatron, who might just be, maybe that's just like developing a relationship with any new friend. Mm-hmm. The longer you have, the more understanding you have as them as a, a being and how they're going to relate to you. I do think all of us have a tendency as part of the human condition to humanize these energies. Right. Yeah. We anthropomorphize <laughs> them. Yeah. So we can understand <laughs> it. Right. So we can get our heads around, yeah. around them. I mean, you know, yeah. What do you think? For me, like with, in relation with Michael, there's this grounded experience. So like all the other guides beings that we've spoken about so far, like Archangel Michael is really one that we don't know that's been incarnated on earth. But yet he brought about this like grounded energy for me today. So I feel that that is, that's a big part of it. And each of them we experience differently. And I think that's a big part of why he ties into this first series, this episode. Yeah. And so like a peek behind the curtain as we were developing this, I mean, we developed it in about, I mean, it took longer than this, but when we were like, who should we have on the first series that took about 90 seconds, like the <laughs> list was made, like we're all in agreement, you know, it's very divine. Right. And every week we're like, who should be next week? Like one, two, it's like rock, paper, scissors. And we're all the same. Mm-hmm thing every time. Um, but yeah, so Michael like made it in the list and we, we had agreed early on or felt early on that this should be the, the, to begin this kind of very earthy incarnated tone to it. Michael made the cut, Michael made the cut. And so I'm kind of curious just to keep on leaning into this energy and figuring out why, if it's, if it's for us to figure out. He is so grounded. That's such a good word. He feels really grounded and very earthly. Mm, yeah. He's, he's not an airy fairy. Let's say that. and well there's a cool story not in in the bible but in part of the um the stories around the bible about michael and the earth and so maybe that'll maybe that'll answer some of those questions we'll see we'll see 
Yes. But um, so Amy, Amy is going to tell us a little bit about her and her amazing work and how you can connect with her. You've heard all these tantalizing things about Amy Renee over the past few episodes with sacred geometry and shamanic practitioner and all sorts of cool things. So Amy, tell us how people can connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. So you can email me at communityismedicine.com at gmail.com, or you can even visit communityasmedicine.com just to learn a little bit about my services. I definitely love to work more in a shamanic way. So bringing clarity to some of the confusion, like when these numbers show up, or if there's animals showing up, these guides that are showing up, the synchronicities, even the wisdom within the body, like I help to guide people to receive that wisdom. And it's just it's fun. So I would so love it's to community is or as, as, as. community, community as medicine. Cool. Cause what we have found is it within this community. Like that's where I found my soul family and my partner too. So this entity of community as medicine was kind of brought to life through him. And we're both, we've had shamanic paths and that they've kind of come together. So that divine feminine and masculine working together. Very cool. If you're not, um, everyone should go get on Amy's list like right away because <laughs> you'll be, you'll be, you'll be a better person. You'll be a better person as a result <laughs> of her work. So <laughs> become part of her circle. Thank you. <laughs> Immediately. Cool. Well, is this a good time to talk a little bit about script Michael and Bible and scripture? So this one is a little more complex, but a little shorter than some of our previous, some of our previous guests. And so Michael is mentioned in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the, what did I say? He's mentioned in the Old Testament and the New Testament and a whole, 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 whole bunch in those intertestamental books. So you might want to go back and revisit episodes one and two, where I give a fuller explanation of all this other literature that's written at around the same time as many books in the Bible, but they happen not to be in the Bible. So by the time we get to the New Testament, we see that there's intra-community conversations that are going on and assumptions. We see a lot of assumptions and presumptions that are made around beings like Michael. So we're going to actually start with the New Testament and work backwards today. So the um, Michael's mentioned just twice in the New Testament really explicitly. And one of those is in the book of Jude. And I got to be honest, it had been years since I looked at the book of Jude. It's a tiny little one chapter at the end of the first end of the New Testament that gets very little love. <laughs> and it just doesn't get quoted a lot. But Michael is mentioned there. So you, you can read through this very bizarre little letter uh, in about 10, you know, five minutes at the most. Um, so but this one verse. Uh, when the archangel Michael contended with the devil and disputed about the body of Moses, he did not dare to bring a condemnation of slander against him, but said, the Lord rebuke you. All right. So what in the world is going on here? We have this reference to Michael contending with the devil. We're going to see that come up again. Uh, so just hold tight on that one. But disputing about the body of Moses, what in the world is happening there? So there's a tradition. Again, we're entering into a conversation where the author of this letter figured that everyone knew what he was talking about. He didn't need to explain it, right? We don't know what he's talking about. But uh, if we kind of work backwards a little bit, there's a little verse in Deuteronomy after Moses has died that says um, he's buried before he gets to enter into the promised land, but no one knows where he's buried. And so there's this tradition that arises where Michael is the one who buried him. But we don't find that in scripture. We find that in these other books. 
And so you'll see these kind of references to Michael burying Moses. So um, when we were talking about the earth energy just a few minutes ago, I was like, oh, like there's one. There's one, like Michael being responsible for burying Moses. And Andrea looks puzzled. <laughs> Andrea looks doubtful. <laughs> no, I'm like, I know it's making me think of being buried alive. Sorry. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> like, no, definitely after he died. Is, definitely after he died. Exactly. But there was, there was there a belief that there was a waiting period? You know, he got buried before he entered into the promised land? Oh, the promised land being Israel. Oh, before he like, physically, like his right. body... Before After they, yeah, to, the 40 years in the God. desert. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, oh, that was confusing. Yeah. So he didn't get to be buried, perhaps in, he would have wanted to be buried. Right, yeah. So, so a little Michael, tragic. He leads the people for all these years yeah. in the desert and then so he, he dies ends before. Up having to be buried in, on foreign soil. On foreign soil, right. Tragic. Okay. Right. Yeah, so there's oh. this tradition with Michael burying him. But so we see this little reference in the New Testament, but they don't explain it because they don't need to because everyone knew what he was talking about. And that's because we don't know where Moses is buried. So people right. said, well, the archangel took care of him. Yeah. And so what us. happens are these other stories and legends pop up in much that later means. that answer those questions. And so Jewish literature in particular loves to do this. They'll take a little obscure, like writers would take a little obscure thing in, um, in the Bible that's not, or in the Torah, especially that's not very well explained. And then other stories are created to help explain it. And that's a process that's called Midrash. So it's a story to help explain a story. And then another story to help explain that story. So it's a beautiful way to enter into the mystery of the story. So they're really, this is not supposed to be literal. They're never, this is very rarely supposed to be literal. It's always supposed to be um, a, a rich tapestry. Mm. rich tapestry. So I kind of picture it, I'm stealing this in this image from a uh, colleague. So Joe Marshall, if you're listening to this, I'm, I'm taking this from you in your book. Thank you. But if we see all these figures as members of a constellation, mm. then they're all making up a constellation that has a lot of depth and a lot of breath. Mm. So the story about Michael burying Moses, I don't think it's supposed to be literal. It's supposed to be an answer to a question, uh, an imaginative answer to a question about like, why, what happened to Moses? Why didn't he get into the promised land? Well, he does get to get buried, be buried by Michael. Um, and then the only other place in the New Testament where Michael is mentioned is in the book of Revelation. So this is the big kahuna. We do not have time to deconstruct the whole book of Revelation. It's complex. A lot of, a lot of listeners, you might be like, I do not want to talk about this book. I'm not going to make you. It's really, it's, <laughs> it's a big book. If you need more help with it, you can contact me. But Revelation 12 verses 7 through 9, uh, and I'll just read it. Uh, these, uh, starting with verse 7. Yeah. The war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought back. So that's noteworthy. The dragon also has angels. Uh, but they were defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. The great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who was called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And we see this kind of legend about this war in heaven and Michael is leading the angels that are aligned with God. And there's all these other angels that are aligned with the dragon who this text calls Satan or the devil. So this is, you know, if you read, were in high school and read Milton's Paradise Lost, not a new story, right? Uh, this is told and retold. But we see that Michael is associated with this warrior. He has this real warrior role here and aligned with the, the forces of good. And they always vanquish the forces of evil. 
like always, always, always. And we see that um, in First Enoch. That's a book that we've talked about quite a bit. And in all these other books, like there's too many to name. It's really, it's a very complex tapestry here. But then working backwards, we see that the book of Revelation is very informed by the Old Testament book, the book of Daniel. And the book of Daniel also describes this apocalyptic battle. And so Michael is mentioned there. And so this comes way before, not way before, but a little bit before the book of Revelation. All right. So in the book of Daniel, chapter 12, we see that Michael is called a prince. So it says at that time, Michael, the great prince, the protector of your people shall arise. So we see this real warrior protector image, and that's really consistent in the book of Daniel. There shall be a time of anguish such as never occurred since nations first came into existence. But at that time, your people will be delivered. Everyone who is found written in the book. So we also see an association of Michael with this like book of life imagery with this kind of holy records imagery as well. And so um, how Michael develops beyond that, I did not find a whole lot of information on like what happens to him in the, in the middle ages through the Renaissance and into today. So that'll be, have to be for another episode, but yeah. What are, what are your thoughts and impressions on this quick tour de force of, of Michael the warrior and the new Testament and the old Testament and a little bit in between. For me, it's so interesting. So as you start sharing about, you know, there's no room and then that's, you know, to me, it brings up that separation. And so here, both of you have this white and black thing going on. And that's kind of like where that separation was mm -hmm. born, where in my life uh, now, I try to look at things of like, it's not good or bad. It just is. And so how to really hold it all and love it all, creating like this, just this container for it to all belong. And so here at the end of what you just shared is like, oh, there's space for all of it. It's all life. It'll all go in the book. Yeah. Yeah. It'll all go in the book. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's fascinating, but it's, it, it goes to me listening to, I felt like it was going beyond the warrior, the fighting. Mm -hmm. It was really like, wow, there's somebody up there fighting on our behalf to let go right. of the, that which doesn't serve us. You know, I love that interpretation um, because we can get really hung up on the um, is this a futuristic prophecy or something like that, which is really not the right way to approach these books, right? These books are written, especially Daniel and Book of Revelation, are both written from a people who are imminently scared of the empire that is oppressing them. And so the image of Michael protecting them and defeating the forces of evil, it's not really Satan, it's Rome for the Book of Revelation. I mean, that's what, that's what Satan is representing here, um, in my opinion, that, or Babylon and the represents Rome, but like Satan is kind of a, a minion, I guess, of that empire um, or vice versa. But if we can look at it that way, the, these people are looking to Michael to be their ultimate protection against annihilation, right? And they're, unfortunately, these two books in particular have come to represent not the person who is being oppressed, but the oppressor. And so sometimes we role reverse Michael, like we make him into something that he's not, he's not protecting the um, people in need, he becomes, uh, he's sometimes misconstrued to be the force that then oppresses, which is, you know, not what he wants, I don't think. He can, he can hold all of these tensions, like Amy was saying. Yep. Well, Andrea, you alluded to a big story. Yes. So I have a lot of crazy dreams. I have my whole life where I feel like I'm awake, like wide awake. Now, I'm not sleepwalking or walking around my house or anything, but I don't realize that I'm not awake until I 
kind of come back into my body and wake back up. But this is one that I remember with such clarity. I was 23, 24 years old. I remember what sheets were on the bed. Like that's how clear this experience was to me. And so in this so-called dream, which felt very real, I was in a desert and being escorted. And I knew right behind my shoulder was Michael. And I literally, he showed me as human man, but with these huge wings and he was huge. And the whole time I was thinking, I was saying to him, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be here. And he was giving me this feeling by my, by his presence that it was okay because he wouldn't be with me. I wouldn't be there, you know, but he had given me permission and it was fine. And I'm going through this desert and I see across, there's like a cliff on the other side of a canyon, but it's like a big, big, huge wall. And I could see all of the history of time. It was like a movie playing fast forward. And I, so it's interesting when you said the book of life, I didn't know that was associated with him and record keeping. I literally saw everything. And I thought from this point forward, I can watch, I can dial in and pick whatever I need to see and bring information out of it. What was fascinating, there was a um, another figure there um, who I, I was like hiding behind a rock, peeking around because I'm thinking, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not allowed to be seeing all this. And the other figure was Jesus Christ. And so when I came back awake, I felt like I felt like my soul was coming into my body like sideways. I mean, it was the most bizarre feeling. And I woke up um, from that mm. moment. My takeaway then was that all of these beings are real because I hadn't really believed. I thought, okay, this is how I was raised. These people are characters, you know, they're fairy tale myths. It's all a mythology. Um, it's like Santa Claus. Okay, great. Um, you know, it's, it helps us understand a certain point of our human condition. But after I had that experience, I was like, okay, this, there's, there's, this stuff exists. This was real. Um, these people are real. This angel is real because he was with me, shepherding me. And it was just profound. Fast forward 20 some years, maybe um, almost 20 years. And my first foray into psychic work, like professional psychic work was through this concept called the Akashic Records. And to me, I just loved that idea of every, every soul has their own little book in their pocket and their soul pocket. And in order to do a reading, I can go into this, you know, in my brain, this great like hall of information and pick out their file. I can pick out the Amy file or the Katie file, get what they need to know right now, give it to you, close it, put it back in the library and go, go, home, go back home. But that's your reading. That's how I started doing readings. Um, and cool. that went, as soon as that became came into my awareness that that concept of the akashic records i was immediately taken back to that dream of when i was in my 20s of like wow i've got oh, access cool. to this information i've already seen it all i've already been there and now i am allowed to be there it was just profound i know i probably sound like a looney tune but it was it was life changing it felt real it felt like i was astrally traveling it felt like i was in, and that's why i think i was feeling like i'm not supposed to be here i'm in a different i'm in a place that's out of space and time and i need to go back to being human right now i'm not allowed to be here it's very real <laughs> i love it that it's the amazing. dream continued to unfold 
over time, like decades uh, yeah, later, the cool. stuff doesn't mm-hmm. happen fast right? always. Yeah. And Michael didn't come back into my life then. Cause part of me was like, oh, angel, what's that angel business? You know, like, okay, I believe the other stuff or what happened. I'm not sure, but he was there. And that makes me feel like as I got older than like, oh, as we started off this conversation, maybe there's an angel that's been there the whole time. You know, maybe it wasn't just this weird dream. Maybe it's, it was a sign. It was a clear communication that this being has been with me the whole time. I'm just too busy being a silly girl. <laughs> About this is that like Michael didn't need you to acknowledge him. His, no. his ego was way not. He didn't, he didn't have an ego. Affected by that. Right. But like Andrea needed to. And eventually, right. Yes. And I needed, and I felt, even though I was was thinking I'm not supposed to be here, I felt like, well, clearly I am allowed to be here because Michael's the one bringing me. Cool. So I work with dreams a lot. And like when someone, thank you for sharing the dream. So whenever someone shares a dream, it's Mm -hmm. like we all get to adopt a version of it. Mm -hmm. So totally adopting a version of your dream. (laughs) Some fun with it if I I have permission. Like, (laughs) run with it. Yeah. Run with it. Amy, what are you feeling? Yeah. I love, yeah, so I love that you spoke into the Akashic Records because something that's come into my life and just take it or leave it, but so it is said that Metatron and Mother Mary are the overseers of the Akashic Records. That makes sense. I just think that's cool. Yeah, I love that. I love that story. Um, Any other kind of stories, reflections, thoughts that we haven't covered that need to be shared? So we'll we'll invite that sort of light, metal, crystal, whatever, to maybe draw a circle around us and all of the listeners Mm -hmm. as we shift into our meditation. So Andrea will lead us in this meditation. And just a reminder, please don't operate children or machinery or anything (laughs) while we're doing this meditation. Wait until you're nice and safe and uh, have a little spaciousness around you. So Andrea. Yeah. So now is a good time to take a few deep breaths and close your eyes. So let's just... Um, and we're going to go meet Michael for yourself. So imagine yourself on a stroll or on a ride. You could be riding and you're finding yourself in a very peaceful environment that perhaps could be a forest, it could be on the edge of a beach. Perhaps you're on a cliff overlooking the sea, but something majestic, but also very peaceful and very safe. And as you look around, you realize you've been led to this place. You've been guided there, invited. And the Archangel Michael is your host. So ask him to present himself to you. And notice how you feel. What do you see? What do you hear? And feel that he is here for you. And he's specifically here to help you. So how can he help you just now? Is there any emotion arising in you that you're ready to let go of? Is there any worry 
any grief, any heaviness, anything where you just feel stuck, any anger, resentment that's just lingering around, that's no longer serving you. Any person in your life come to mind where your relationship with that person might just be stuck or in a pattern that you're ready to change. Ask Michael to remove all of that from your being. All the emotional and mental dust bunnies and what might appear to you as dirty water or pieces that are just ready to fall away. They've already served their purpose. Michael can take all of that. And ask Michael to give you clear, concise words of truth so that when you need them, when you're dealing with a difficult conversation or a difficult situation, his words of clear, concise truth can just come right through you. And ask him now to help guard you when you're feeling small, when you're feeling scared, when you're feeling weak or shaky, when you're feeling oppressed, ask him to help. And feel right now how unwavering his presence is. And Michael wants you to know that his strength is always available to you. His assistance is always there. Be open to receive whatever it is that he would like to offer you today. And be open and ready when he offers to guide you in the future, perhaps pointing you in a new direction, away from the old. Allow him to lift from your shoulders, from your chest, everything that no longer serves you. I thank him now for his guidance, for his service to your human journey, for his unwavering presence. Michael is always there for you in that safe space. So come back now when you're ready. Back to your room or your couch or your car, wherever you are that you're listening to this. Take a few more deep breaths. There's no need to say goodbye. He's always there. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. Okay, you two. Any comments? Yeah, I'll go ahead and share. So I actually imagine myself on like a magic rug, like flying over the trees and just, so we spoke earlier about the, the like flying aspect. And so like, I totally felt that. And then I came up whenever coming to that spot, that meeting spot, it was just like, just this beautiful, like, 
beach, like almost like the circle, like a contain, like a, yeah, like a container and all this white sand around it. And my experience of Michael was just this like pillar of light, just this light. And then this like wings, like going up, like, and like a V shape of light as well with this pillar of light. And there was so much gratitude. I began just by giving gratitude. Thank you for like this grounded energy of like the strength that I really have embodied today. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because that's huge for me. And then all of a sudden I was reminded of, there's two things that took place today. All right. So right before us coming together, like my heart dropped, my like my entire being dropped because I noticed that the dogs had made a mess in a certain spot. I was like, no, not right now. Like, and so there's like, okay, this like panic within that is okay. I got this. We've got this covered. And then of course, as we have been recording this episode, you may have heard the dogs barking. Well, my partner came home from early, work early. So they started barking. I was like, oh, here it is again, this energy of like, uh, but then, so this like freeze, but then, okay, let go and just relax. Talk about grounding. <laughs> Your dog's right. going, to, <laughs> going to make a mess, right? Little incarnated beings that they are. Oh, yeah, mine does too. <laughs> Amy, I just want to note, in case we haven't noted this before, because I know we have all the three of us have offline, but just for anyone listening that we all get, we get nervous, you know, <laughs> we get, we know, in terms of public speaking, that's been a big, big, huge thing for me to work through and be able to just be in front of a camera in front of people and have words fall out of my mouth. And so that's a big deal for all of us. And Amy, it's so important that you're able to share that with, of, you know, your experience as well, um, and particularly today. Thank you. Thank you, Andrea. Uh, well, and speaking of dogs, <laughs> you know, during meditation, so the listeners, if you, if these are your first encounters with meditations, you may encounter that you have like a couple of layers happening at once. And like the top layer, like you picture it like an ocean or a lake, the top layer where the waves are, that's your thoughts that just continue. Like you can't really control those. But then the meditation is happening at the deeper, like five feet underneath that, 10 feet underneath that. 20 feet underneath that. And so one of my top thoughts was um, viewers on YouTube can see my stuffed animal in the back and my newly arranged office. So this little blue thing. Oh, here it is. So something left over from my one of my favorite childhood toys. <laughs> animal Foofer. His name is Foofer. Oh. <laughs> and he's migrated with me over, you know, three and a half decades. I so, love so Foofer. It's so cute. I was like, I have my 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 stuffed dog from when I was seven years old in the camera view. (laughs) (laughs) That was one thought happening while I'm talking to Michael. (laughs) So another dog, another dog. I love Um, that. I (laughs) my meditations, guided visualizations, are often me viewing myself Mm. rather than seeing through my own eyes. And so that Mm. happened for the first little bit of this one, and then all of a sudden, I was seeing through my own eyes, which is rare enough where I'm like. (laughs) <laughs> it's fairly rare for me for that to happen. Um, and so it was uh, at some point in the meditation, Andrea, you made like a, um, a reference to Michael's presence maybe being unwavering. Correct. Was that the word that you used? Yep. Yeah. And that did perfectly described kind of what I experienced. And it was as if we were sitting down almost like at a chessboard, but I don't play chess. But that kind of like we can do things to 
keep us steady. Oh. Like I know people that play chess, it helps keep them focused and steady and sharp and mm-hmm. you're patient and you're, mm-hmm. you're planning for the long term. And uh, Michael was very big, like a very big presence, uh, black, yep. like black male presence. Mm-hmm. And so this connection with justice, I was mm. just, you know, black men are like under assault. Yes. Right now. And I, in the United States and I've been just worried about that. And it's been attentive to that justice issue. And so I think that was kind of this reminder that um, Michael can be present as, mm-hmm. as part of a, a part of this fight for justice. And then also like, I have a couple of writing projects where I need help on. <laughs> so I was like, we could cut away the cords that keep me from doing those. <laughs> that would be great. And so, oh, you bring up oh. something interesting. Most of us think we're going to yeah. cut cords from an unhealthy relationship. And even that sounds mm. dramatic, right? Or if something you're just ready to move on. But I hadn't thought about cutting cords from energy that's holding you back from mm-hmm. doing what from you're wanting creative to do. self. Yeah, yeah. And it's more like I'm keep on doing all the little things that I feel like I have to get done before I just sit down and write, whereas yeah. really those should come after. Right. <laughs> Right. So. Like, oh, the, re- Thank you, Michael. the refrigerator Got it. <laughs> needs to be cleaned out today. Let me like right. pull it yeah, out exactly. and vacuum underneath it before I start writing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Katie, can I ask you just because I've never sure. heard what you just said before about mm. meditation that you actually see yourself like, are you above a little Katie? Is that what your visual? Are you behind your no. head or how are you seeing yourself? More like it's on a screen. Interesting. That's it's not on a screen. More like it's a play. That's fascinating. Like on a stage, and so it's very common for me to watch myself or watch a scene, and and I'll sometimes I'll even go back and forth in the middle in the middle of the meditation. But yeah, like when meditations, and you know, I I lead a lot of guided meditations, and usually people are seeing themselves through the first. Uh, through their own eyes. Mm-hmm. So I sort of assume that when I'm guiding a meditation, mm-hmm. but it's rare for me. So one thing that creative visualization is so, so important with is like creative visualization is when we're starting to do something new and you can visualize yourself or if you have a project or a performance, because I used to, I can't remember if this has been said, but I used to be a professional dancer. And from the time I was 12, we were taught to imagine ourselves in the performance. So you're visualizing yourself doing all the steps, all the, every mm-hmm. little thing, where's your shoulder, your elbow, your, every single thing over and over and over and over again. And that works with any project. So what we're doing now, you can take these visualizations, do them over and over again with Michael or Mary or whoever, because they're so profound. The more, the more we do this, the more we do these visualizations. Oh, absolutely. And I have in my, um, one of my programs I have, I have a whole Metatron, like it's like a 30 minute experience kind of with Metatron. And many of my clients do that multiple times. Love that. Yeah. And they'll tell me that they go back and redo it. So absolutely. These angels are eternal. So, well, it feels like we're kind of, uh, we're never done with Michael, but it sounds, feels like we're kind of wrapping up for the episode. So We'll be grateful for any interactions and emails that we receive. And we would love, 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 love it if you listeners would rate us on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this. It really, really helps when there are comments. Uh, Clicking the star is great. If you can write a comment, it can just be a sentence or two. That would be fantastic. Just don't get the word out there. This is about these messages that these beings are bringing us and about the radically cool experiences that you and everyone can have. So we want the word to get out there. So we would appreciate that very much. And until next time, we will see you then. Bye. Mm, Thank you all. Bye. Mm